0: Well, hello. I am Che Long, and joined by Mark Griffiths. This is Dragon This week, we're going to be talking about the last two games, Wieluń and the emphatic win at Halifax. We'll also be looking forward to uh, another really tough game against Bromley on Saturday. But first, how are you, Mark?
1: Uh, not brilliant. I've been under the weather all week, to be honest with you. But I'm. I'm going to drag myself through it, I, I'm, I'm channelling the spirit of Dean Keats with his broken collarbone against Newport County coming back out and playing the last 20 minutes, so, you know. Compared to that, the heavy cold that I've got, and it is just a heavy cold, you know. I mean, I know it's worse than a broken collarbone, but in many ways I am the last action hero, and so here I am.
0: What's the club doctor said? Do you match fit for the game on Saturday?
1: The, the, the club doctor says I should turn up on Saturday because he has no regard for my welfare
0: <laughs> uh, well let's get into it first we're going to talk about the Wealdstone game
1: Hi guys I'm Dominic Vose and uh, this is Dragon Hot
0: Wielsen last Saturday was quite the frustrating tie wasn't it really Mark Oh god yeah absolutely um I mean it was a
1: shame. Wheelels are not as bad as the, our last two opponents, but having said that you do wish to get wins under your belts against teams in the bottom half of the table when you're at home. And I think everyone expected that having scored 11 goals on the road that we would then be steamrolling Wheelson, but well, it most certainly didn't turn out that way, did it? There was It was quite a tough watch in a way. I thought, I thought credit to Wielston they, they impressed you I know didn't they?
0: Yeah bro, I, I was really impressed they really pass, nice nice passing side they, they had good spells of possession against us didn't they and they, mm. they really get, did give us one hell of a game but for me after going on the run of you know smash as many goals in as we have done in the last two games prior to that to then go to home and then have a draw a goalless draw against Wielston not really look a threat on goal at any point, did we, really? I think the two best chances, well, no, looking back at the highlights, we had a good chance the first half. Their keeper did have an excellent game, but they had two very clear chances as well, and it could have gone either way, couldn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, they they wanted to play out from the back, and we've consistently done well against teams that do that, and we've caused them problems. You've Barnett trying to do that against us, we just kept dispossessing them in their own half. And at the start of the game, I I, I thought that might be how it was going to go because we were troubling their defence like that. But we didn't get that first goal. And they grew into the game. And that was that spell, wasn't it, after about 20-odd minutes where we'd been on top. And then they started actually successfully passing through the lines and getting the ball into our half. And then you thought, oh, we've got a game on here because they actually were moving the ball well as far as like the attacking third and then couldn't break through. But you thought, OK, these these are more than a challenge than you thought. We never totally got a grip on the game, I thought, after that. And as you say, in the second half, they actually got a couple of good balls into the box. And luckily for us, Reese Brown on both occasions made a, an absolute mess of it, so we, we would have lost.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think the first half, we what I kept on thinking was it Cook, their centre-half, Yeah, he probably wasn't one of the best players on the ball. So I was thinking... There's a mistake in him. It'd be nice to isolate and rush him down when he has the ball mm. and force mistakes. But he, he grew into the game as well, didn't he? And yeah, it, it was when the final whistle blew. It was it, it was it was very frustrating, but not also the worst thing that could ever happen. We're, we're still unbeaten mm. in a few games now, so games like that you just gotta take in the chin. But if we miss out on a playoff spot or miss out on second or third place because of two, three points this season, we're going to be looking at the games like Wealdstone and thinking that should have been a win at home.
1: Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Um, you're saying about Cook, oddly, he was sort of helped out a little bit by the fact that one of his defenders got injured. And he yeah. could shift to the right side of the back three, with the centre back outside him, which I think gave him a little bit more support and and a bit more freedom that he could carry the ball without the danger of going through the middle of the pitch. And in the end, he was the one who stuck that perfect crossing that Reese Brown headed over when he really should have scored. So yeah, it sort of showed how they grew into the game just as as he did. Um, yeah, like like you say, hindsight's a wonderful thing. We might look at that point and think uh, and think should have made it three, but. There are positives, like you say. We we are still unbeaten at home. We still only lost three games. We've drawn too many, but it's still a basis, and we we still surprisingly close to the top of the table, considering the fact that we have drawn so many.
0: Oh yeah, I think I think about our home form. Let's talk about our home form for a second. Yeah. It's something that's not quite there. We haven't lost at home, I believe, this season. No, no. But but we have had a lot of draws and we've had a lot of, you know, like the little Wagon game, that could have gone either way, really, if the Strikers had the shooting boots on. We probably should have lost that game. But I think we just need that big win at home, don't we, to to take the pressure off the players.
1: I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's pressure. I don't know what it is. It It, it fascinates me why we have such a discrepancy between home and away. I mean, <laughs> right, I, I think about it. We've had, what, seven home games in all competitions now, so far. And, and okay, we've not had as many homers away because of well, different factors. Um, maybe that's a good thing, because our away record's fantastic. But <laughs> in those seven games, we scored seven goals. Only once in those seven games, we scored more than one. And that wasn't even in Wrexham. That was at Nantwich in the cup against a team from three divisions lower down. So every other game, we've either scored one or all last Saturday, none. And I've just got the table up now with the you know the home and away records. And in terms of home scoring, uh, only Kings Lynn have scored fewer goals than us at home, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, admittedly. Everyone else has played more home games than us. So, you know, we've got to, you've got to be fair and say that. And yet, away, we are the top away scorers by a hell of a distance. We've got 26 goals away from home in 10 games, so scoring over two and a half a game. Uh, next best is Woking of 19. And the next best after that is Chesterfield, who are 10 goals behind us. So, away from home, we're phenomenal. And at home, well, finishing-wise, at least, we're dreadful. We got. To, I, I, I've been glad at least that the manager and the, the team are talking about it. But what is the reason, Jay? Because I I, I I can't get put my finger on it at all.
0: It, for me, it's got to be pressure, isn't it? You know, there's, a, there's a common thing here. We're playing in front of 9, one week at home and then we're playing away against, you know, two let let's say. Surely it has to be that, and maybe the team is rising to the
1: occasion. We've brought in these experienced players to avoid all these problems. And so I'm hoping that's not the issue. I'm hoping the issue is is not players freezing when they're faced with difficult... Also with, with big crowds, because... You know, we brought in players from League One. We brought in Mullen, for example. I oh, know, to be fair, he has been performing at home, hasn't he, uh, against the odds. But, you know, he's fresh from a promotion campaign. You know, we should be bringing in players here who are relishing a big crowd. And I've got to say as well, I just always think that like professionals' mentality should be, I want to go out there and, and show what I can do. You know, you <coughs> you, know, you get out there in front of a big crowd Anyone to show your worth, that's why you became a professional. So I'd be a bit yeah. angry, to be honest, if if that was the reason. Because, I, you know, if you're building a team to go up the divisions, you, the, your first requisite is they're not going to be worried when there's a, a decent crowd
0: in. Um, It'd be interesting to see the, the the average attendances of Cheltenham is where Toza come from, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, Cambridge and... Hayden's from Carlisle the average attendance is for them yeah. compared to the things we getting now and you know the documentary crews the, it, it's a completely de- different kettle of fish Rexon is to any one of these clubs I mean I, I accept that is
1: true having said that I mean documentary crews are around for the away games maybe a little bit more intrusive for the away games and yet we've won five away matches yeah Um, I can't help wondering and I'm not going to steal the credit for this Uh, it was chatting yesterday to my lad Ben that uh, he sort of mentioned this and I thought he could have a point here Uh, I think that when you've got a situation where the away teams see themselves as a chance to be party poopers, maybe they really love it and they're taking that chance maybe they're really relishing this more than ever is feeling like going to Wrexham is their big game. And Wheelston, for example, you know, the, the, surely they come along and they think, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, we're playing. This is a chance to give them a bloody nose. This is one of our two or three massive games a season in their whole career. Players who've come from a lower level, maybe they're only going to get, you know, 10 or 11 games in for the
0: crowds like that. I agree. I agree with that statement to an extent. Mm. As you said, on the flip side, that bigger players from a higher caliber should be dealing with that, shouldn't they? Yeah, that that, I mean, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and also, I'm
0: sorry. And you got to say with the Wilson thing, they missed. Their fans are excellent, by the way, and Mm. the it was a big tie for them. It's probably one of the biggest ties in their history, wasn't it? Really, and Mm. it was their first time in having you know last season their fans missed out on the the home and away experience playing in the national league and th- this was a huge game for them and they and they did show up and it was an, and fair play to them they they did all they could and it, it was just we lacked a lot of quality didn't we and yeah. i think the crowd have a big part to play as well in making it a really intimidating atmosphere for the team to come in come to come to play in yeah. but inevitably the crowds will dip if we're not yeah. able to
1: sustain sort of entertaining home form, you know? So yeah. that we <coughs> The fans have been fantastic. The support's amazing. Um, and, and I don't think there's any obvious signs of it sort of dipping massively now, but we do need to, to keep making people believe if, <laughs> if you like. We just look at the league table and you should be believing because, Next Tuesday, the Oval game. <coughs> They're on form, but the truth of the matter is that if you win that, but well, you know, if you've next weekend, win that game in hand, we're five points off the top, which is crazy, but it's great because. <coughs> I beg your pardon, I would certainly take five points off the top at Christmas. Goodness me.
0: Oh, oh yeah, I, I agree. But if 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 we also lose a couple games, yeah. We are also not far from 17th uh, talk here, only on 18 points. Stop Stop talking like that, man. You know (laughs) what I mean? The the National League is a very competitive league this year, I I argue. And it's probably one that, it's probably, if you look at all five tiers at all, like League One, League Two, Championship, Premier League, it's probably one of the most competitive leagues I think anyone from 16th upwards, if they go on a big run now, they could easily easily make the playoffs or what have you, really, couldn't they? Oh, yeah.
1: It's, um, it's very much to our benefit, I think, that it's so competitive as yeah. well because nobody has pulled clear. Because if somebody had pulled clear, the title's gone. Uh, yeah. At the time last year, Torquay and Hartlepool would have looked well away, but nobody's well away. Uh, we've got a capitalised that, haven't we? And to be fair, we did a bit on Tuesday. That was, uh, that was a memorable one, wasn't
0: it? Yes, yes, and so after this, we're going to speak about Halifax from the heart of your community, Wrexham's heartbeat. This is Calon FM. Well, Halifax, it was a, it was a really interesting game. Let's say, um, easy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was fascinating. Let, but let's first let's talk about. There were two changes, wasn't there, to the Saturdays' um, team. And it was Brizley in for Lennon, wasn't it? Which I think makes sense because I don't think Lennon could cope with a Saturday, Tuesday, with his injury record. Yeah, I've got to assume that's exactly the reason why. Because he
1: yeah, played I, well on Saturday, didn't he? The back three all played well on Saturday.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I like Brizley, so I, I wasn't really too concerned. And then the other one, which was a big move, I think, it's a big risk, was the Jarvis in for Ponticelli, But I also thought on the flip side, was it a, again, Ponticelli's struggles of injuries, was it let's give Jarvis a run out and maybe Hyde's not quite ready as well. So let's g- give Jarvis a chance maybe.
1: That was a bold one, I've got to say. Yeah. I And I don't think it quite worked really, to be honest. Um, I I personally I wouldn't have left out Ponticelli because at the moment I don't think there's any injury concerns I think he just had injury last year but he's through it now and you know okay he didn't score on Saturday he wasn't given much to work with on Saturday to be honest but he scored in the three previous games for me I'm thinking he's earned the the right to stay in the side and see if he can get scoring again Um, (coughs) if Hyde had been had 19 minutes in him which you're right I don't think he probably did um, then alright okay we're switching the strikers around and we know Hyde has been brought in as a potential goal scorer so okay maybe I'd get that I wasn't sure about bringing Jarvis in that's not a criticism of him I like Dan Jarvis a lot um, but I'm not sure that playing that system and then having a sort of number 10 is necessarily going to work that often and that's a tough away game, and you're asking the wing-backs, I think, in that system to get a very long way at the pitch, <coughs> to give numbers to the attack, because Jarvis will, <coughs> by his nature, sorry, drift around all over the place. Mullen will be left isolated. And I thought that until we made the changes up front, that was exactly what was happening, and we were struggling to really bring Mullen into the game, certainly in the first half.
0: Yeah, I agree, and it it sort of felt like they were playing Mullen as sort of like a target man at some points, wasn't it? Where they were just sort of... It was the long ball, and he was chasing for it, and the two centre-halves of Halifax were... were, They had his number, didn't they, in the first half? Or they had our number when it comes to Paul Mullen, and all credit to Halifax, I suppose, but he just seemed desperately isolated. and I think the first half of both both sides, it, it was a bit of a... Boring, frustrating half, wasn't
1: it? It was a bit of a non-event, wasn't it, really? Um, yeah. <laughs> barely anything threatening either goal. I mean, our best effort was Jordan's shot from about 30 yards, although, to be fair, it was very close to going in. Yeah, Their best efforts, were well, they, they had the shot from the edge of the area that been saved, but the striker didn't quite get hold of it. So I, I'd have been surprised if Lainston let that through him. And then they had a long range shots at the ends that went wide. There was very little going on in the first half. I thought it was pretty even. Um, I thought they they had a little bit more of the ball, but we looked slightly more threatening in a way when we came forwards. But the problem is when Mullins isolated like that, we are going to be hitting. Sorry, beg your pardon. Desperate stuff towards him and hoping that it'll stick, and that's not what you want to do with him, is it? So. The first half was, yeah, something of nothing. But when you got a team like them, is it was seven games in a row they'd won at home. Um, yeah. you know, to be frank, matching them and keeping them well away from your goal is a pretty good, you know, outcome when you've actually weigh up the comparative
0: form of the sides. Yeah, I agree. In hindsight, now I think, I think if we would end up losing the game, I would be a bit more frustrated. Mm. But yeah, I think looking at their form and they're a good side I tell you what that Jack Vale Yeah awesome player he? He yeah,
1: really, like, really threatening Good old Wrexham lad isn't he? Yeah Yeah <laughs> We need to have words in his ear I was astounded I know we're jumping ahead of ourselves a little bit I was astounded when they subbed him mm-hmm. because he yeah. was causing us real problems and, and uh, so thank you very much Halifax but yeah he was he was very good <laughs> The tempo picked up, didn't it, at the start of the second half? And you could see that there was a chance that goals might come, couldn't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. The second half was a, bet, was a better game from both, both sides. I actually think throughout the whole game, I think Halifax were having... I think Halifax were the slightly better side up until yeah. the 83rd minute. I think they they were creating better chances. Um I think is it Slu Slough? Slough? I forgot his name on the yeah. left hand side. Yeah. Um, he was causing us lots of problems. Vale was causing us lots of problems. Uh their left back, I've got forgot, oh forgot his senior, is it? Senior, yeah, he played well, didn't he? I mate? think he had a good game. He looked really yeah. solid too, didn't he, to be fair. He was mm. keeping tabs on uh, on our players. I think he was, yeah, I think they were they they they're quite clearly a good side now going to be Playoff contenders this season, aren't they? Oh, I'm sure. But
1: I I, I wasn't that impressed with them. I've got to be honest. Um, I thought it was pretty even. Um, and their goal, ironically, came after we had, I thought, the best 10 minutes either side had in the game. You know, we started yeah. really getting at them. We were making chances. We went close. And just when I thought, right, okay, this is good, this. We've stepped her up. We're causing them issues. Jordan Davis is driving at them, mm-hmm. causing them problems. Mullen's starting to be able to get involved. And then they've got off the other ends and scored basically through a, a mistake by uh, Brisley, wasn't it? Uh, uh, the Brizzly or Toza? Well, I, I mean, Toza intercepted and played forward, didn't he? Um, yeah. I didn't think there was anything wrong with what Toza did. Brisley's facing his own goal. And he's turned blind into trouble. I, I, I like you. I like Brisley a lot. I think he's a good player. I think he's a very good signing. Um, Brisley be better in the back four, though. Yeah, maybe so. He's, he looked a little uncomfortable on Tuesday, I thought, because um, Vale was quick, wasn't he? was getting in behind Hosanna and getting at him. Um, and he just, yeah, he just lost the ball, didn't he? And then the man over. <laughs> Actually, I wasn't as worried by Slew. I didn't notice him until he scored, really. I, I thought the others be be rock solid, except sometimes they were getting in with Vale down that side. It's Vale who tackles yeah. Grizzly. Um, but I thought it was a shame it came then. And then just for a bit then, I started thinking, oh, I'm feeling a little concerned, man." You know, we've got, uh, you know, we've dropped two points around to Wielsen. If we lose this as well, this is going to set us oh, back, wow. back a bit. There's a little yeah. bit of sloppy passing as well and I felt a little... That was the only point really in the game where I felt a little concerned when I suddenly oh, are we going to pull back? But to be fair, um, a lot of different we factors did. threw into it, but we, we did put ourselves back, didn't we?
0: And, and the finish, I've seen a lot... of few people criticise LinkedIn online about getting uh, megs, but I think he he needs a wide base on a one, one-on-one. Sometimes yeah. they're just going to put the ball through your legs, aren't they? It's yeah. That's just nature of being a goalkeeper sometimes. Oh, uh, you know, I uh, oh
1: don't make me rant, Jay. <laughs> you know I'm gonna rant now. I don't. Would you sp- agree with me on that, though? 100 percent, million percent. Yeah. How how you could blame Blanton for that? I mean, he, okay, i I'll, I'll not finish that sentence because <laughs> people people who that Blanton might be upset, but <laughs> I mean, you know, the sort of oh if a goalie lets the ball through his legs, it's his mistake. When a bloke is eight yards out. One-on-one with you. You've got to get out and you got to try and do what you can. And he did the right thing. He, he, he got out very quickly. He made himself big. But the truth of the matter is, having been completely exposed like that, if a striker doesn't mess it up, he will score no matter what the keeper does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's... it's, it's it, and the slew did the right thing. If a keeper's going to make, like you say, a wide base like that, best thing to do is stick it underneath him. But Leinton is playing the percentages by spreading himself like that. And he got out very quickly, as he does. I mean, that's daft, is it? I hadn't seen people saying that. Uh, man, no way.
0: No difference. Yeah. It, it, it's one of them. I don't think it meant it was a very small minority, but it, yeah. it's just one of them. It, it, yeah. it was a goal with 1-0 down, and I think we reacted really well. And we yeah, yeah. We got the goal in the 81st minute, James Jones. Well, was it his goal... Yeah. I don't know <laughs> it. I don't know I what yeah, really was
1: his <laughs> well he's adamant and he's saying it's his goal I think it is as well personally in that you know he's driven himself into a good position he's driven the ball in towards goal from there he's you know I don't think he's trying to hit it in there for a cross I think he is trying to shoot it took a little deflection but not that much
0: Yeah, it was his goal it wasn't a goal it was it was a good goal uh, you know, he he kicked the ball, but it, it, it was a sliding tackle coming in from the Halifax defender, hit his foot and went in, so it was an own goal, right? in my opinion.
1: Well, as well, I mean, let's be honest, uh, you know, in the yeah. Premier League now, in the European, the, the Champions League, they're constantly, yeah. oh, let's have a look at this, oh, there was a tiny deflection, oh, in that case, we'll take the goal off him. Oh, yeah. That's not how football's ever worked. Here's a good shot from 30 yards out, takes a little bit of deflection, but still goes in. He scored a
0: goal. I mean, I I said no. Uh, I think that's all that do. matters. That also that's all that matters. He got himself into position, he hit the ball, and the ball hit hit the back of the net, and that's the most important part doesn't matter. Exactly. How it happened. We're exactly. back in the game. It was
1: interesting how we adjusted things a little as well. The Parkinson went to his uh throw in the kitchen sink mode, we switched to four three three, which um I, I don't think that you see the problem is when we do that and a couple of times it's worked this season you know people say well why don't we always play like that well you can't play a whole game no. like it's the last five minutes or so um, I mean Brian Hughes did sometimes when he felt that his team weren't creative enough and it was mad to watch but it didn't work and um, You can't start a team out like that because you'll get picked apart. But it has worked quite well in the closing stages when teams are trying to defend a lead against us. We've got at them. The Chesterfield game, remember, where we ended up hurling players forwards and could have ended up winning a game that we should have lost. So I thought that was good and it was bold. I was glad to see him do it. And quite frankly, Pontigelli came on and I thought he made a huge difference. He he gets the assist for the winner and he gives really good support. For the, the the opening goal as well after Cam Green has won it into the
0: corner. Well, let's talk about that uh last minute winner. It, for me, it was the pre it was all about the pre assist for me. Uh the John Davis, quick free kick, quick thinking it was a beautiful ball. And Ponticelli's position is fantastic and he it was an awkward ball for him to deal with, and he yeah. laid it on beautifully for Mullin, didn't he? It was a lovely and touch. And you know, Mullen's not had the best of games against Halifax, but this is why we pay good money for him. <laughs> he's there at the right time and he scores the winner. It's simple as that, isn't it? I mean, that's exactly it, isn't it? I
1: mean, I thought he did well in the second half, Mullen. He's getting more yeah. on the ball. But, yeah, essentially, he's had two chances around the edge of the area. He's hit the bottom left corner with both of them. One of them has been saved, the other one's gone in. That's the quality that he has, isn't it? He'll just He will deliver. And also, we're talking about people rising to the occasion. Well, he scored three of those five goals at the race course, Um, you know, digging us out of trouble sometimes. And he's not shrinking there, is he? Uh, And there, you know, 92nd minute chance to win it, he hits hits the bottom corner. He doesn't panic. He drills it with power and accuracy. I mean, he's a like-ball. I do have a little criticism of him, though. I'm going to be controversial in a second
0: brace yourself well I well, uh, well i've bought a paul mullen mug <laughs> and we've not lost since then so Whoa. i keep on drinking out of that paul mullen mug before <laughs> every game like i have been doing good man <laughs> well I'm, but i've got to say i
1: i wasn't much of a fan of the celebration now don't get me wrong it was a wonderful moment and I love him getting in with the fans and everything like that. That's that's fantastic. That's what football's all about. Oh, but why did he take his shirt off? And he's the interview now. He's given is saying that he pre-planned it. Well, it's a yellow card. He's on three yellows now, and you know I know. But,
0: but my, I don't want him getting. No, I know. I know. to avoid two
1: yellows. yellows. So you know we could miss him for a couple of games or a game
0: because of it. Don't do it, but it was an iconic moment, wasn't it? You know, that that sort of thing looks pretty cool. If you're
1: Cristiano Ronaldo, I do understand that you you spend 17 hours a day working on your body and you want to show it off. I do understand that. I'm not saying Paul Mullen isn't Cristiano Ronaldo because he is, (laughs) but except he's younger and better. Um, but (laughs) when he took his shirt off to celebrate, he had a bra
0: on. That's not that's not the luck he was going for, was it? Uh, I I I see where you're coming from, but I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool and to see that the limbs in the away end. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. Amazing <laughs> fans. I gotta say Wrexham fans are some of the best in the country, easily. Uh you know, to bring that many away in in to a game in Yorkshire, which is a fair, it's a fair amount of travel on a Tuesday yeah. night.
1: Well, the m 16 is a nightmare for these midweek games
0: you always end up having uh, a lot of Halifax anyway, isn't it? Oh, and the the, the traffic and everything and yeah. the amount we've had there and the, the atmosphere sounded amazing and looked amazing. It, mm. it, it We we really, truly have a special fan base and especially for this level. Oh, yeah.
1: And I'd like to see Phil Parkinson and um, Paul Mullen both talking about how, and James Jones, about how the crowd made a difference when we went behind. And that was brilliant because we did see on Saturday some booze at half time, maybe maybe that wasn't that many people, but quite a lot of booing at full-time. But it was brilliant to see that at Halifax, when you go behind, after that Wheelston game, the fans just made a difference just rallying around them and raising them up. To fight back, and the fans got the reward they deserved. It was wonderful to see that.
0: Oh yeah, it was, and it was, it was great watching it. And I, I, I had the the pleasure of commentating it, and it was just, yeah, that was a real, let's say, a real moment. I think that can really push on our season. You know, getting a two late goals to win a game at a really tough ground against a really good side. We could do this against anyone. We have the quality here.
1: Well, I mean, you talked about needing a statement win at home and you talk about Mullins goal being an iconic moment. To be fair to this team, we're erratic, but they've actually delivered quite a few statement wins and, and quite a few dramatic, excellent moments too. We're, we're, we're <laughs> It is frustrating at the moment that it's not quite clicking right. The consistency isn't there but this team's providing some really good moments that if we if it can click like i said if we give me us five points off the top around christmas because we do look like a side who well obviously we're going to spend some money in january anyway but the players we've got anyway
0: they do look like they could click and really start battering teams and i think once we go in a mad run we're going to be a really scary side to play against mm-hmm. uh, which will be which will be fun because we have some really, really quality players and I, the one thing I do worry about is Paul Mullen. He He's quite clearly too good for this level if we don't get promoted that, yeah. you know, there's going to be clubs of a higher calibre going in for him, isn't there? Absolutely. I
1: think it's, I mean, I don't want to panic. He's in a three-year contract, so. They have to pay good money. Seems very happy. Um, but but it makes me feel like a lot of these big signings I mean if, if you're not up in two years certainly I think they'd have to be looking at that and thinking do I need to commit myself any further here but that's that's long term it depends on the personality as well he seems very happy at the moment uh, and he's certainly performing I, I,
0: doesn't he goodness me oh yeah him and Shimanga Chesterfield are two players I think just shouldn't be playing at this level mm-hmm. they're, they're too good
1: uh, oh. You might be th- saying Michael Cheek as well. We'll talk about him later after Saturday.
0: Your favourite players way. at our level, but uh, <laughs> we'll get to him in a sec. Oh, Cheek is one hell of a player, to be fair, isn't he? We will get to him in a sec. But, yeah, and I think one glittering performance that I really enjoyed from our player was fantastic for the whole 90th minute, 90 minutes was Aaron Hayden. He was our man in the match on commentary and I thought he looked very solid that game. Yeah. I really enjoy Hayden. Um,
1: Hayden. He made a He had a mistake in him earlier in the season, but he doesn't seem to now. I just love his aggression and his physicality, and that's why I was saying slew on the other side. I didn't think was causing problems down there. Hall Johnson had a good game, and that was pleasing. He's got through two ninety minutes in four days, so he looks to be back, you know, back as he should be. He and Hayden had that side at the back completely tied down. I thought they were rock solid.
0: Really good. He's an excellent. He's an excellent centre half, isn't he? Hayden, and, and I, I think he's so dangerous off set pieces attacking as well. Yeah. He he just springs in the air, doesn't he? he? He's in fantastic shape, quite clearly, and yeah, he's he's just deadly, and he's fantastic with the ball at his feet. He's fast. He's a very modern centre half, and I, I, I really enjoy him. Uh, I really enjoy him playing for but I think he was amazing on Tuesday. Cause there was that little bit, of, was it, um, where? Their striker, I forgot his name now. Um Waters. Waters. He was on the ed- he, he was he had the ball at the six yard box. Yeah. He, he shielding him from taking a shot, yeah. and he was just yeah. excellent defending.
1: He did that uh, a few times. I thought in and around the yeah. box, just staying on his feet. And you think, oh god, this guy's running at him, and he just he just stays calm, stays on his feet, takes the ball off him <laughs> without much yes. fuss. I mean, he is. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I keep seeing it this way, that, that, that those last four signings, apart from Bryce Susanna, I rate them a lot, I'm not them in the same category. Mullen leads to Hayden, leads to Tozer, leads to Jones. You bring four players in from two divisions above, and they're all statement signings, and the idea is they are too good for our division. Well, I think you can, Mullen, no question he's too good for our division, Tozer, I would, I would put in that category as well in terms of he's just rock solid and he uses the ball well. Um, and Hayden has, has had the odd little moments, but in many ways, he looks quite dramatically too good for our level, the way he handles dangerous strikers like that. Jones has been up and down but I was, I've was got to say I wrote in the leader on Friday about how delighted I was to see Jones it was outstanding in three away games in a row after having a dip in form then he played quite poorly on Saturday against Wilson I thought like, oh a kiss of death but I thought he did really well on Tuesday <laughs> apart from his goal his work rate again was excellent and um, you know I think he's got the I think he's been a bit erratic but you can see in a lot of his play why we brought him in as a player
0: who can play at higher levels Oh yeah, I, I 100% agree and uh, I think he needed a good performance on Tuesday because I think the fans would be getting on his back if he didn't because in my opinion, Saturday all against Wealdstone he was poor, wasn't he? Yeah, Let, guess, let's, yeah. let's not be around the bush. Um, but unfortunately, we don't really have much depth in the midfield at, at the moment, do we? So it's hard to drop either Young, Davis or Jones really, isn't it? I mean he he started the season very well I thought and yeah. and I, I mean
1: it is at, at that point in the season after a couple of games if he told me he wouldn't score his first goal until this week I'd have been surprised because in the early stages when he was playing on top of his game he was getting into those shooting positions and hitting it really well from around 20 25 yards and remember he had a goal disallowed against Notts County which is which is bad, yeah so yeah. know, he's been unlucky in that regard, but his phone did dip a bit. <coughs> it has improved a lot. And Saturday notwithstanding he's he's carried out on Tuesday. So that was that was great. Did you see um the Halifax manager Pete Wilde's comments after the game? Yeah, it was it was very salty, wasn't it? <laughs> very well, I mean, God bless him. He must have been having some sort of out of body experience at that match because he certainly didn't experience the same game as as anyone else did. I mean, God, talk about sour grapes. Bless him. Yeah, it was it was very salty, wasn't it? Just that, <laughs> um, you know, we've dominated the game from start to finish, with and without the ball. Okay, well, I am interested in the idea of dominating the game when you haven't got the ball, but okay. <laughs> we'll leave that aside for a moment. Um, if uh, neither side dominated that game, uh, I thought we were slightly better. You think they were slightly better? I think we're both.
0: You you, you could argue either way, couldn't you? Yeah, it was an even You could argue either way. Yeah. yeah, I I wouldn't say dominating, no, there was no domination at all, but you know, we we, we smashed and grabbed it with a quality striker at the last minute. Get over it. We've made them look distinctly average
1: with all the money and all the clout they've got and we've basically run them off the park tonight. Wow. They ran us off the park you know what, the, it's a sign of a good team when they can run you off the park and you don't even notice you've been run off the park because you feel comfortable. <laughs> we didn't get run off the park, though, did we? So uh, <laughs> somehow didn't. they had two shots at goal and scored two goals. Okay. Well, Sam Johnson made a decent save from uh, <laughs> from Bullen. so that's at least three. Um, mm, okay, how many that's seconds? That pick
0: one. <laughs> I mean, it's, serious, it's, it's, it's okay to be upset after losing the football game in that fashion, isn't it? It is what it is. He's just been very salty, very sour grapes there, isn't it? It's just get over it, be a bit more professional.
1: Yeah, it was, uh,
0: I wasn't was impressive, that was it? I don't know. Anyway, fantastic win. Really good performance. We'll take that. Yeah. Great, great to see the fans, great to see the limbs when... Uh, Mullin scored it's always nice to see that and I was very jealous of every fan who was there I I wish I was there it was it was excellent to see and hopefully can kick off our season with absolutely yeah and we have a really tough game coming this Saturday in Bromley I'm Harry Lennon and this is Dragonheart well Bromley we are we have a really another tough task in another playoff contender in Bromley and at the race course against Bromley. And it's just going to be, let's hope it is that home win that we've all been looking for, because I think the fans really need it. But first let's talk about what 11 would you pick against this side? Um, I'd go two up top.
1: Um, sorry Dan but I, I don't think in this formation I'd want him as a second striker I'd use him somewhere else and so I think I'd probably go Blanton and goal I'd like Lennon to be back he's had a rest I'd like him back in so I think Hayden Tozer and Lennon at the back your wing backs well on the right Hall Johnson on the left I mean Hosanna took a knock on Saturday and was knocked around a bit again on Tuesday so that's an interesting point where they, they might give Green a chance because he did well off the bench I think if Azana's fit he probably sticks with him yeah. uh, midfield the same Davis Young and Jones and then up front I'd be inclined to have Ponticelli alongside Mullen and like I said I think he's he's unlucky to get left out last Saturday uh, last Tuesday rather and he came off the bench and he did really well so for my money give him another opportunity
0: what's your what's your thinking? If Hosanna has taken a knock, then I think you do start Cameron Green. I think he's warranted a start at some mm-hmm. point. I think he's looked good when he's come on. He looked good when he came on the other day against Halifax. He, he's, he's very free-flowing. He's very good at free-flowing football, isn't he? Mm-hmm. You can tell he's trained at a higher level. So I remember at one point, he passed the ball down to the wing to re Johnson and actually went down the right-hand side with him. Yeah. At one point. And that, that was really, I really liked that. It was a really progressive play. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see Cameron Green have a chance. Um, also, wouldn't be too disgruntled if Jamie Recco come back in if he's fit. Um, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that starting eleven, up, unless Jake Hyde is actually fit to start again now, which would be, I, I'd I would like to see Jake Hyde start again because I thought he's had an excellent start of the season too. Yeah, a fair comment, that. And it'd be interesting. He looks good when he comes on off the bench as well, doesn't he? True, true. I, um,
1: it'd be interesting as well. Something that interests me about the way that Bromley play, they're quite attack-minded to get players forwards. And as their right-sided centre-back, they've got Joe Partington, who you'll remember last season, um, was playing for Eastleigh as a yeah. very attack-minded wing-back. In fact, he scored three goals in the two games against us. Yeah. And I'm, obviously, look at the results they're getting. Clearly, he's capable of playing, uh, you know, in a central defensive position. But I wonder if he would enjoy, you know, if we could get Jake Hyde on him being physical, would that cause him an issue, perhaps? Would well, yeah. be worth trying it and finding out? But I still say Ponticelli's earned his chance, and I think you've got to pick you got to pick your teams based on who's earned opportunities. He was unlucky to get dropped. He responded well to getting dropped by making a difference when he came back on. So for me, I, I know I just start with him.
0: Yeah, to I, 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 be honest with you, I wouldn't argue with any any of the strikers, to be fair. I think mm. Ponticelli, Tide, they both bring different things, but equally as good things to the table. So I, either one, I'd be happy. But I I wouldn't mind seeing Hyde start again, and maybe bringing Ponte off the bench if things aren't working. Well, you've been in touch with Bromley fans, haven't you, to to get a bit of a sense of what they think about their team? <laughs> yes, I have. Um, I've asked who their key key players are, and either both one both of the Bromley fans I've got in touch with both said Michael Cheek first thing straight away, which is no shock, is it?
1: No, no. Well, he's a class act, isn't he? Um, I, I, I was looking at his record. Was it 2014? In January 2014, he goes to Chelmsford. So that's his first time he's got up as far as the sixth tier. And he scores 10 goals and 10 starts for them in half a season. And then since then, every single season, he's gotten double figures. He got 23 in the league last year. This year, he's already got 13. Only Shamanga's higher than him. Um, he's a quality striker, he can drive down the channels, he's big and strong, can win it in the air, he can shoot at yeah. both feet. He, I mean, it, it does amaze me that he's not had a, a chance in the Football League, I've got to say. He's, he's a, a fine striker. And, yeah, we need to get that back three right against him.
0: Yeah, you <laughs> have you have to be at your best when you're playing Michael Cheeky. He is one hell of a player. He was one... At the start of this season, we didn't really have a squad. out, said so I'd really like for him to come sign for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's quality, and the other ones that have come up is Billy Bingham and Harry Foster. Do you know much about them? You no. Know, Bingham plays centre mid, so they play free at the back as
1: well as us. Yeah. Um, Bingham plays centre mid, and yeah, he's busy. He uses the ball well. They have, like I said, they'll drive players forwards into quite advanced positions from midfield sometimes as well. Maybe in Bingham, not as much as as a couple of the others, but Bingham's a good sort of quality controlling midfielder. And then Forster's a wing-back. And like I said, they're very progressive. I mean, they've got Patterson as a right-sided centre-back. They've got Forster, who can play either side, but usually plays on the left, and he gets very high up the pitch, and he's quick. And then on the other side, they've got Luke Coulson, who's, again, one of the... The more creative players, frankly, uh, in our division, and they're playing him as a wing back. He can be really uh, threatening, really dangerous. And, you know, so that's that's a really impressive sort of hand to play in terms of going forwards. Um, And as well as cheek up fronts. They have a couple of other decent players like Dennis, who's quick, or Alexander who can get in behind. And they've also got the old Chester target man, James Allaby. So they could play Allaby and Cheek up there and knock us around a bit physically. Or they could use Cheek and have pacey strikers as well, trying to stretch us and creating space. Because Cheek, like I said, can drive into the channels. He can also get the ball around the edge of the D and hit the ball really well. So he's dangerous in that sense too. So that they pack quite an attacking threat to be fair, To be honest.
0: Yeah. That's uh, talking to their fans when their fans they like to get the ball down and play quite nice football too, don't they? So, another reason why I'd,
1: I'd favour Ponticelli as well because he does help with the press and if they've got ball-playing players at the back who can bring the ball out from the back. Yeah. Ponticelli is, is good at closing players down, good work rate. So, I sort of quite yeah. like the idea from that point of view as well of you know,
0: causing them problems as they try to start their moves. Uh, I hundred percent agree and the, yeah, that that's actually a really good shout. Yeah, can't can't argue with that one. Ponticelli would be a good one to start this game. But again, like I said, I, I won't be too fussed who which either one of our strikers starts. I think we have got quality in that area of the pitch. Um they have a good manager too, don't they, probably is it Andy Woodman? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, their fans seem quite happy with him, to be fair. He's, they a lot of them have, they both, both said that he's professionalised the club a little bit since he's come in. And uh, yeah, they seem really happy with him and they're, they're in a good position at the moment, aren't
1: they? It was a bold move, if you remember, last season when they got rid of, I want to say Neil Smith. Have I got his first name wrong? He was their long-standing manager and had done really well for them. He took them up into that level. And, you know, you sort of thought, gosh, why have you removed him? You know, he's a club legend. Yeah. But, to be fair, um, well, actually, I say to be fair, they got rid of him. And then they came to the race course. And their first game without him, they really looked terrible. And we battered them 3-0. They looked really lost. And you thought, oh, well done. You were up on the edge of the playoffs. You sacked your iconic manager and now you're going to fall apart. But they didn't did today. They? They, they did finish the season pretty well, and they started this season brilliantly through September, October. They had a, a run of seven consecutive wins. And, I mean, they're in a great position, aren't they? Fourth position, and with a game in hand on all the teams above them. This, this is a proper strong team we've got. Yeah, this is a, a real
0: test. Oh, 100%. But their form's been a bit up and down, isn't it, recently? They, they just lost the over who are playing quite well at the moment themselves. Yeah. They've got... They they beat Kingsland 3-2 and drew one all to Stockport. Mm. So, you know, win, a loss and a draw in their last three, maybe it's an okay time to play them. I hope so.
1: (laughs) They're... um, I mean, certainly they... Like you say, that's a blow for them in midweek. Wasn't it bizarre midweek that we got that wonderful result and... (coughs) Only one team above us won, and that was the Solihull in eighth. I mean, that was just crazy, wasn't it? So we got, you know, we really sort of jumped up the table, at least in terms of where we were relative to the teams above us. So yeah, they lost home to Yuval. They say Yuval are a great form, but they're coming to the race with us on Tuesday. That should be interesting. Say hello to Addy yourself again, can't we? Um, but yeah, it's, they're a proper test. The other thing is that, um, weirdly, I was looking at the table and realised that our goal-scoring record is identical to them. We've both played 16 games. We've both scored the amount, same amount of goals, so we're equal third-top scorers in a division between us. And we've both conceded the same amount of goals. We're equal sixth-best defence. I think maybe when you look at those stats, now they break down, you realise that this is, a, this is a proper game against two sides who are, are serious about, about getting up there.
0: Oh, yeah. And if we win win on Saturday, it only takes us a point behind them. Mm. So that's a really tasty situation, isn't it? If we win this and, say, win our game in hand, it would jump us up all the way to um, third. So I don't think things are looking as glum as a lot of fans are making out. Well, we need to... the, The trouble is the
1: inconsistency, isn't it? I feel very happy... With things in general, but I'd just like to see more consistency, both in through 90 minutes and through a course of games. I mean, we've only won back-to-back games in a league once. We need to start doing that more and more. Man, if we could triple up (laughs) at least Halifax, Bromley and Yeovil in succession, I'd be feeling pretty,
0: pretty good. If we can win those two games and then you know, your next two games are then Dover and, we- Dover and Weymouth, yeah. which, without the biggest respects of both those sides, yeah. it, you know, we should be beating Dover. The, the form there in, the, the, the state of the club at the moment, we should be beating Dover. And, you know, as we've said previously, and we didn't happen against Wilson, but if you are going to be making waves in, in trying to push a promotion, mm-hmm. Weymouth at home is a tie that you look at and you think, yeah, we should be getting three points there.
1: Oh, gee. No one ever said with the greatest of respect without then insulting the person they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Wheelston. Remember Wealdstone.
0: <laughs> uh, again, but you know, you look at the Bromley game, you look at the quality of their side. Yeah. A draw would not be the worst result in the world. It wouldn't, but we need,
1: like you say, that statement home win. Yeah, it'd be fantastic if we get that and then go into the Oval game, which is another proper test. You know, trying to get three wins in a row against teams who are, you know, in good form and are in or around us. I mean, that would just make our season look very, very different. It's uh, you yeah. know, I, I, I'm always reluctant when people talk about crunch games this early in the season, um, because there's a. I, I think that the way we're just looking at their end shows there's a lot of time to go. You get little little mini runs of fixtures and if you can hit the ground running in those and get wins out of them you suddenly change things around and as you said that this division is so competitive that there's
0: you can gain a loss with a little run of form I think in this, uh, at the moment Yeah and we have Christmas around the corner now and mm. you know come January Christmas time it's when the sh- league start, usually starts shaping up to some sort of you know who's going to be challenging You know who's going to be going for playoffs, don't you, really? And we've got a good line of games coming up. And I think now's the time for Wrexham to really start putting stringing some wins together. Let's hope so. We're
1: going to have
0: to it at some point. (laughs) So, uh,
1: like, like I said, in January, Phil Parkinson reiterated again on Saturday. He'll be bringing players in. The charter for fans that were, you know, the independent inquiry this week again was suggesting caps. There's suggestions that there'll be salary caps uh, in National League next year as well as there being salary caps in the football league. Although the actual nature of them is not totally clear, so
0: it might be wise. Would the salary cap be maybe like a financial fair play sort of thing? Yeah. yeah. So we produce quite a lot of money, though, don't we? coming in, so would that affect us? True, but
1: at the moment, we have no rules stopping us, and therefore, you know, if the owners want to pop a little bit extra in, this January might be the point to do it. If you want to make a couple of big statement signings, that won't show up in the books. I don't I'm to make this sound dicey. Come on, it's nothing dicey <laughs> at all.
0: Cash in hand. Are we trying
1: to say <laughs> cash in hand? What called athletic cash in pocket. I've done back, Sam. That'll do so that me. bottom in the league, too. Bish, bash, bosh. Where it all comes from is a mystery. Like a changing of the well, to 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 tides of the sea. Uh... Although we do know what, um, what causes both the changing of the season and the tides of the sea. So, in many ways, only fools and horses was why I failed my geography GCSE. Go on. Because we do know why. All I, I like put, all I put for those sections was it's a mystery. That's I've all.
0: never watched only fools and horses. So. You've never watched
1: only fools and horses. Yeah, I've never watched only fools and horses. You, you
0: Rodney Plonker. That is shocking. Yeah, that. I probably do need to watch it to be fair, but I was mm-hmm. always more of a five a sort of guy. So oh, oh, I, I can't argue against that.
1: But you know, so, you gotta. You know, when, when it comes to only fools and horses, <laughs> go on, go on, go on. I will give it a go. I certainly have a go. Watch it from the start anyway. though. Don't pick it up near the end. Watch it from the start. The early ones are the best ones. <laughs> um, thank you very much. I'd just like to put on record actually that obviously I didn't feel my GCSE geography because there was no such thing as a GCSE when I was in school. They were all levels. That's the oh. old I am. And I got an A in geography anyway, So yeah. Well, I, was, boy, I knew my soil types. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could tell you what. Um, you know. What agriculture is best suited to the pool Basin? Believe me.
0: Just things that you really need in real life at all times. Really important things that you learn in geography.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And in Hartlepool, of course, because I was looking at a Hartlepool mail as I do. And um, they're quite keen on the idea that Gavin Holland could come to us in January. I think there's a bit of imagination in this. What they're basically saying is that they understand that Dundee United and Shrewsbury both made firm inquiries at the end of the last transfer window for him and that Wrexham and Stockport were interested but they didn't necessarily get in touch. Now that could be accurate or it could be made up. Now they're saying they reckon he'll leave because he's got a release clause of £100,000. We have paid bigger fees than that this season. Uh, Having said that, He's out of contract next summer, and there's a bit of me thinks that hundred thousand pounds is an awful lot to pay for a League Two player for, to just to get him six months early. So I, I'm I'm taking that with a pinch of salt, but certainly Hartlepool Mail
0: seem to be saying that. I don't know how the business of football works. It's not really for me to comment. But one person who does know how the business of football works was Sean Harvey yeah. and. That interview went down really well, didn't it? There's a lot of people who listen to that.
1: Yeah, it was good that I really enjoyed doing it, and it was lovely to see the the feedback was was very positive. And I think to be fair, the main thing that came out of it was that he was never going to dodge any questions. He's a, he's he's a straight talker, and he was always going to take things head on. And uh yeah, that's exactly what he did. And I think people are satisfied by that. I, mean, <coughs> I found the same. You know, with the commentary, if there's ever any problem with the commentary, for whatever reason, the best thing to do is, is just tell the truth as quickly, clearly and early as possible. And then people understand what the situation is and they'll deal with it. And I think Harvey handles things in that way, too. And yeah, I think he got quite a lot of admiration, didn't he, from people for, for
0: putting things straight, if you like. And I think there was a lot of speculation going around the clubs. A lot of fans who had theories of things about what's going on. And it was really nice to hear, you know, a a member of the the top the top dogs in the club comes answer the question so straight and so. Here's my reason. It was just really, it was really nice to hear, and it was it was a big thing, and I think it was needed, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think so. He squashed
0: a few stories, didn't he, as well, really. yeah, I think it was healthy. Then let's hope in the future we can get Fleur and Humphrey in. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be nice to for them to come on Dragonheart too. Yeah, well, uh, any of the greats and the goods want to come along, our doors are always open. So yeah, that's it for the show this week. It's been um, it's been a lot to break down. There's been a lot that's happening. We've had two really contrasting games in Wealdson and Halifax, and let's hope we get that. Marky win on Saturday against Bromley, Mark. The Marky win for Mark. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I don't care how we do it, as long as we get it. That's all that matters. But remember, follow Dragonheart on Twitter, um, Instagram, all that great stuff, the official Wrexham AFC. Twitter, follow that. There's Match Centre if you can't go to the games on Saturday. There's also the live commentary from Wrexham Player. So, yeah keep your eyes on all those things if you can't make the match, unfortunately. Spot on, absolutely. That's what we can do on Saturday. Yeah, this has been Dragon Hearts.